This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the dynastyfootballfactory.com and we are proud members of the dynasty football network you can follow along at df underscore network on twitter and there's no guest tonight but i have my main man you know him as the man of the hour the man with the power he is jerry sinclair jerry what's going on buddy you know, another day, another dollar, my friend. Still drafting the Scott Fishbowl. I know we've been talking about it a lot, so I'm not going to get into it, but it's Dragon. Dragon, uh, what, excited, what to, excited to talk dynamic duos, because if there is not, you know, these are all second-rate dynamic duos behind the Dynasty Warzone. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, rolling through Scott Fishbowl, the Listener League, we're through round 31 of 39 I told the guys earlier in the group chat, there are marriages that have lasted shorter amounts of time than this draft has, but we're getting there. I mean, it's deep. So, I mean, give, give them some credit because ours, ours was too. It was, I was grabbing scraps by the end. Uh, who did I, I drafted Alfred Blue. I got a year, my boy Blue. Just, just shooting for the moon. So, uh, real quick before we get into this, and Jerry's already touched on it. Tonight, we're going to talk about dynamic duos. Now, this is an NFL show. This is a fantasy football show. But there's a lot going on. Jerry, are you following the NBA news at all? Anything? No. No? I mean, I, 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 brief, like, I see what happens, but it doesn't affect me at all. I, I'm not a big NBA guy, but I do follow along. I work in an environment where ESPN's on or Fox Sports News is on all the time. And Kevin Durant leaving the Golden State Warriors to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and then the Lakers forcing a trade for Antonio or Anthony Davis, excuse me. Antonio Davis played here at the Pacers years ago. But it's forced all these duos. And I saw on ESPN this morning that they were ranking the hottest duos, if you will, in the NBA. And I don't remember who was first, nor do I care. But it inspired thought. I started thinking about who are the best duos for Dynasty. And when I'm thinking about duos, I'm thinking about stacks. I'm thinking about a QB and a receiving option. Could be a tight end in the case of a Travis Kelsey or a Zach Ertz, or more often than not, it's a wide receiver. We're going to get into all that here in a minute. I do want to make sure that I reference our homies over at Trophy Smack. If you're looking to get that championship belt, that championship trophy for your league, maybe you have an old school league like me. Ours is like you know, year 15, give or take two. I'm old. I don't remember stuff. I got so many fantasy football stats rolling around in my head. I cannot remember how long I've been friends with these guys. But we've got a league, and we are ordering the swap top. The swap top is basically a base of the trophy that passes around every year, owner to owner. And he takes, or she, we have ladies in our league, takes possession of this trophy for 12 months. And then when the 12-month reign is over, they get to keep the topper the base, we order a new swap top, and the base moves around forever. You can get engraved plaques, and if you want to get a ring, so the champion can have a ring or you can pass the league around, I would wear it around my neck, like Adam Vinatieri in those old ESPN commercials back in the day. But just go to Trophy Smack, buy yourself a trophy or a belt, 
And in the promo field, oh, you got to put the cart, you got to put the ring in the cart, and then enter in promo code DWZ ring. That makes the fifty nine ninety nine ring for free. So check out our friends over at trophysmack.com and then the Patreon. Dude, the Patreon's a lot of fun. Have you been in the group chat lately in the Patreon? Uh, I was looking at it a little bit at work, so let's. I'll just not. Luckily, I hope my boss isn't a Patreon. <laughs> what was your boss's first name? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. So Jerry's boss, we'll call Jerry's boss Sal. Sal, <laughs> if you're a Mr. member of the Listener League and the Patreon, we appreciate you. But no, the Patreon's rocking, picking up new members all the time and having a lot of fun over there. I referenced it earlier, Our my Listener League, we call it the Outlaw Chapter. It's kind of a motorcycle tie-in. Hey, there is a motorcycle gang called the Outlaws. And in motorcycle gangs, they have chapters. So the Outlaw Chapter of the Listener League we're cruising. What we're going to do, we're going to do something fun. We're going to get a couple of these guys on there, and they're going to come on the show with us, and they're going to talk about the Listener League, their experience with us as hosts, um, and, and just kick it a little bit. And you mentioned it earlier, so before we get into the news, Scott Fishbowl, what round you in? How are things coming along with the, uh, the, the, the what's his name, Captain Marvel? The Captain, <laughs> Master Chief. Master division. Chief, Captain Halo. Marvel. What Halo. the hell is the Not difference? Captain Marvel. No. Master Chief, uh, I just picked the 21st round. Uh, I took your boy, Terry McLaren. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm swinging for the fences. You sold me a couple days ago. You know, he's got that connection with Dwayne Haskins. I, You look at the the names that are available, and it's like what you're doing in the Listener League now. Like You're just hope, hoping you get something to stick. Uh, so that I, I shot it, and I said, you know what? If he does do good, then me and Randy are both going to do good. And if he doesn't, we can both shut up and just let him slip away silently. But I got I got one pick left, so I'm excited, ready for that to be done with. You know, it's weird. As, as fast as the energy comes with the Scott Fishbowl, it goes very quickly. It's like any draft. It's like, like any relationship. It's like you get past the honeymoon phase, and then it becomes work. And that's what it was, but I don't want to drag on because only so many people got in the Fishbowl. But it is for a great cause. It is for FantasyCares.net. Check that out. And I'll go back to Terry McLaren. Not so much from a Scott Fishbowl, but from a dynasty. I'm going to take him late in redraft if uh, I need to. Depends on how deep my redraft rosters are. I'll be looking at him for a waiver wire splash. The guy had 35 catches last year at Ohio State, and he had caught 700 yards. I mean, that's 20 yards of reception. Who does not need that in their life? The Scott Fishbowl, you get five points for 50 yards receiving. That's like two catches, two and a half catches for this guy. So, I'm big on Terry McLaren, and one thing about me and Jerry as hosts and Dynasty players, we walk it like we talk it. If I tell you I'm a Terry McLaren guy, damn it, I'm a Terry McLaren guy. I've got him on a ton of rosters, and I do believe that when the chips are down and Dwayne Haskins needs to put the ball in someone's hands, the relationship's there. I like Terry McLaren. I like the draft capital. And I'll say it one last time before we get into the news. He is my 2019 Cooper Cup. That's an older wide receiver that the quarterback will latch on to and have some production in year one. But, Jerry, there's a lot of news. That's going to be the majority of the show tonight. You ready to talk some news? Yeah, let's shoot it out. Let's shoot it out. Back to basketball? <laughs> See, I was, I, was, I was doing a whole loop. All right, before we get into the player news, I just thought this was an interesting story. Roger Goodell pushing for an 18-game regular season, but one of the compromises 
is that each player will only be eligible to play 16 games per season. Jerry, what in the blue hell is Roger Goodell doing? He can piss off. That's a horrible idea. If you're going to play 18 games, play 18 games, but you don't need to play 18 games. 16 is fine, and you have you can only play 16. So you want these owners to invest $30 million into a quarterback, but then for two games out of the year, they have to just play some other guy? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And why do they think anyone is going to want to go to those games? I mean, it's a different strategy to think of how coaches will play their quarterbacks and their stars and when they won't. But from a money standpoint, I get that there's two extra games, but I just, uh, I don't, I don't want to watch, you know, I, I can't even think of who the backup for the Lions is right now. Nobody good. Nobody good. Like I, why would you want to drive to four field and watch that? I don't, I don't CJ Anderson and Nathan Peterman. Maybe is it really Nathan Peterman? That's going to bother me. Now I got to Google it, Randy. Randy, tell 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 the people that this is a stupid idea too. I want to, but I really I don't think it's the worst thing. Oh, I, I, I think stop it's I think it. it's, I'll go back to basketball one more time. I think it's a head fake. You know, like in basketball, they give you the head fake to get you up in the air so they can lean into you and draw the foul. That's what I think this is. This is the equivalent of hey players, look over here, think about this. Um, we'll give you this. We'll give you medical, you know, and medicinal and recreational marijuana. And, okay, we'll compromise and go back to 16 games, but we're going to need X, Y, and Z from you. That's all that I think this is. The, the big thing is is that the, the preseason games are getting worse and worse. There's less people attending them, even though season ticket holders are the ones that have to buy them. I, I think it's just a smokescreen. I don't really think the, the 18 regular season games is the way to go. But if it passes, if, if is a, bit, is a big word, Jerry, if your aunt had testicles, she would be your uncle. Yes, she would. So if is a big word, but if this passes, it it really changes the complexity of your super flex leagues because your quarterbacks are only going to be able to play 16 games. So not only will they have their traditional bye, and they also talked about adding a second bye week into an 18-game schedule. So you could really be in the neighborhood of three to four games a season without one of your big two quarterbacks, and then you start factoring in bye weeks. The, The strategy of what we do, would really change. So keep an eye on that as it relates to your quarterback stacks and, and what you're saving. And I don't think it impacts the position, the, the the skill positions as much, the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers. Those guys are banged up, and a lot of times they force themselves through a game that they probably shouldn't, a la a Stefan Diggs. You know what I'm, I'm getting at? Yep. And, and for the record, Tom Savage back up. I had Pittsburgh Panther quarterbacks mixed up. Tom Savage. There's a name that you're not going to hear very often. But uh, but speaking of savages, there's a couple of savages that have threatened the, the old savage standby of a holdout. And that's Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. You can take them one at a time. You can take them together at the same time. What do you got on these two uh, Jay Browns? I, Jay Browns. I think they sort of have different situations. While they're running backs and neither of them really have a leg to stand on, I think the situation with Melvin Gorley different. Dak Scott is young. Amari Cooper is young. So they are going to have to resign one of those guys. The Chargers window to win is much shorter. So they may be more inclined to sign Melvin Gordon if he holds out. 
as far as Zeke's concerned, you're going to have to pay Amari long-term. You're going to have to pay Dak long-term. I really do not see that dude being a cowboy. Is that crazy? Do you disagree with me? Because I, I, it, you're a running back in the NFL. I'm sorry. You're replaceable. It's hard and it's mean to say, but it is the reality of the situation. I agree with it being the reality situation. So I'll take these individually. I'll start with Melvin Gordon. He ain't got no leverage. You ain't got no leverage, man. You can't pull a Le'Veon Bell because you're not on the franchise tag. If you don't show up, you you lose game checks and you lose credit toward uh, your service time. So he'll have to show up at some point. He can't set out the entire season. And here's the thing. Oh, so Melvin Gordon misses the first four games of the year as, part, as, as opposed to the last four games of the year? As a Melvin Gordon owner, sign me up. Just Just sign me up today. Because I know Melvin Gordon's going to miss time. Whether it's one game, two games, four games usually due to injury, something around his knee. Maybe it's a soft tissue deal, but he has no leverage. He's not going anywhere. It is sad that on his fifth-year option, now I know Robbie Gold signed a multi-year extension, but Robbie Gold's kicker franchise tag was six hundred grand less than Melvin Gordon's fifth-year option. Not my problem. Now, let's transition over to Zeke. Zeke is going into the fourth and quote-unquote final year of his rookie deal. Now the Cowboys, because he was a first-rounder, has a a fifth-year option. They can then franchise tag him a year. They can then probably franchise tag him a second year. And then they can let him walk, and he'll be 27, 28 years old. Same thing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go practice brain surgery? No. You're not Marlon Roll, who used to play for the Titans and is now a doctor out there. I mean, Zeke Elliott's own father said there's something not right in the head with this guy. This guy needs football, and football <laughs> needs him. Okay? I'm not taking a cheap shot. The, the man's own dad said, said this about him. So you can Google it. So I'm not taking cheap shots at, at Zeke. Neither one of these guys have very much leverage. They'll be in camp. And Dallas can't, can't make Zeke the priority. They have to lock up either Dak or Amari Cooper, who they gave up a first-round pick for. Why? Amari Cooper is playing on his fifth-year option. Dak has no fifth-year option because Dak was not a first-round pick, which means if they don't lock up one of the two of those guys, then the other one can walk because they've only got one franchise tag. So Zeke is going on the back burner while they figure out either the Amari or the Dak situation. I'm not saying that Zeke won't get paid at some point, but I'll end this on this. Melvin Gordon already ran it back at a comic, at a you know a sports con convention of some sort. Uh, saying that he didn't want to hold out. And I'm like, I can already see you moonwalking from here, Michael Jackson. So so, so slow your roll. Uh, I'm not tripping, but as a dynasty owner and a dynasty player, if I can get my hands on uh, a little bit of these guys cheap from a panicking owner, I mean, are you about that action? Yeah, bingo. Every time. Every th- Bad news. Try to buy and win. There's bad news. You've said it once. You've said it a thousand times. Uh, and, and I will continue to. So uh, some, more, some more news. It's a... Uh, it's unfortunate news, but you know I gotta play it. Chris Herndon, second-year tight end for the New York Jets, he is being suspended four games, and I'm really surprised. the The news coming out around this was that he was gonna get two, and he actually ends up getting four. And due to the Jets' Week Four bye, you won't actually have Chris Herndon in your lineups until Week Six. What in the hell has this guy done to us? God, like I always say, I love the guys that are unsexy and go late. And Chris Herndon 
and Ian Thomas, those, you know, Will Disley, those guys were the guys, and one of them just took a hit. I mean, come on. Come on. You guys play football for a living and make tons of money to do it. Just don't be a bozo. You break my heart. You make my job harder. It's already a hard game. We got to figure out everything imaginable, everything under the sun, and then you're going to do things like this. It just... Randy, what what are you doing with Chris Herndon? Is he off your boards? In in redraft, are you taking him? Yes. No, in in redraft, no. Absolutely not. Uh, In dynasty, sure. Absolutely, if I can get a a panicky owner, a guy who thinks he's a contender, but maybe he's really weak at the tight end position, and maybe I could trade him a Jordan Reed who's starting to get a little bit of love in redraft. I'm looking to make that move. Maybe I can send that guy Eric Ebron and I can get Chris Herndon plus. If I got a little bit of depth, you know, I'm sitting on plenty of Austin Hooper shares. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving up Austin Hooper, but if I can give up some of my depth and get a Chris Herndon plus something back, I'm making moves. I think Chris Herndon's going to do real well. I think he's the number two op. Well, I guess the number three, if you count Bell as a receiving option, which I do. So between Bell and Robbie Anderson and Herndon, there's your there's your pass catching options one, two, and three in New York. So I, I love Herndon in redraft. He's the kind of guy. So this is something that I do. And I know I'm a total nerd and I'm outing myself here. I put Google alerts in my phone. So whatever that is, week five, you know, your buys, you know, your waivers run in your redraft leagues. I've already put a note in there that says in redraft leagues, go pick up Chris Herndon. Pick him up a week early, pick him up during your week five waiver run. You'll be able to get him for cheap fab because no one else is thinking that far ahead. Boom. Going into week six, you've got your, you know, your backup tight end slash streaming tight end option a week early. How nerdy is that? I, I'm not mad at you. That's not nerdy. That's winning. That's how you get trophies from Trophy Smack, and you get to keep the top at your house. That in the ring, and you wear the ring like Flava Flav wears a clock around their neck. Uh, some, some more fluff news, as, as you would in the dead season that is July. But camp start as early as today, Wednesday the 17th of July, the Broncos. Uh, are starting their camp. Crazy. Uh, but they are in the Hall of Fame game, so they've got to get there a little bit early. But Josh Jacobs, I got a lot of heat for drafting Jacobs in the Scott Fish Bowl. And people are like, oh, what are you going to do if he holds out? I'm like, dude, wake me up on July 24th or whenever the hell he reports to camp. Then I'll be concerned. And what do you know? Deal done. Dude got his money. Dude will be in camp. Are you excited for Josh Jacobs? Yeah, and I think it was all just smoke for hard knocks. I really do know. I am not much of a conspiracy theorist, but that just reeks of just, oh, here's a problem. And then they'll talk to him and be like, oh, yeah, no, this is, you know, I, I want this right deal. Boop, uh, and it worked out. And then they'll be good. It'll just be a little storyline for hard knocks. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. When you are a running back and you are presented with a workload that he should get, I don't know how you could not be excited. I've, I've talked down on the man's talent and how I didn't think he was, you know, an elite asset, but opportunity is king in this game. And that man is going to get opportunity. I I dig it the most. I, again, don't have a lot to go on with John Gruden running backs based off one year. But if you go back and look at his track record, how he used guys like Warwick Dunn, I think Warwick Dunn was under Gruden been so long. Uh, Cadillac Williams, Mike Allstott. All these guys. He feeds oh, – there's um there's another guy, Pittman. None of that Pittman was a receiver. But John Gruden – No, Mike, Michael Pittman was a – he was a running back. 
I don't. I think you're crazy. I think. I think it was a uh, Charlie. I don't know. Google it while I talk. Working on it. Uh, yeah, that's my man. Uh, but yeah, Josh Jacobs is gonna get a lot of work, just like Cadillac Williams did as a rookie in 2005. So uh, I'll let Jerry answer this question in a second. But Andy Reid, a little a little coach speak for you, Jerry. You know we all love lying season, but Andy Reid solidifies that Damian Williams is the man, not the man of the hour. That's you. But he is the man as far as it relates to this Kansas City backfield that uh, it's going to be his gig. What are you thinking about Damian Williams? Uh, I mean, I think he probably is the starter. I don't I don't think that's wrong. I just don't think he's going to stay the starter. I think once week one rolls around, I think he'll get the workload. He'll do pretty good. And then they'll give Carlos Hyde an opportunity, and he'll do pretty good. And then that'll just grow. And then it'll probably be a headache unless one of them gets hurt. They both should be valuable in that offense. They both can catch the ball. That's a, Carlos had had a season where he caught 50 or 60 passes. I mean, he, he can do it just as well. So, yes, yes, he probably is the starter now, so it's coach speak a little. But it, he didn't say he's going to be the starter all season because that would be a bold-faced lie for the record. Michael Pittman drafted in the fourth round uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what in 1998, I was 10 years old. What position did did, did that man play? Running back, American football running back. I'll be damned. Well, there it is. I know his son's a wide receiver for USC. I've got him on our 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 Debbie team. That's your damn right. I don't think he's very good. Uh, But hey, (laughs) that's neither here nor there at this point. We'll cover some more Debbie stuff on the Patreon. Uh, Damian Williams, I'm still not a fan. It's his job to start the season. But it was his job when Jay Ajayi got traded to Philadelphia. Didn't last too long. Hurt a shoulder. The guy's got seven career starts. I'm not saying that I'm cool with you if you draft Damian Williams in your redraft league. I'm, but I'm more cool with selling Damian Williams in your in your dynasty league. Yep. E- even if he dominates, even if he has a good season, and I don't think I think dominates is a bold word. He may really be useful for dynasty and fantasy. I don't think he dominates as it relates to the NFL. And I really think that Kansas City will wind up drafting one of these 2020 running backs and the Damian Williamses and the Carlos Hydes and all these guys get gone as soon as 2020. But if you got him, you know what they say, smoke him if you got him. You got Damian Williams, start him if you got him because he's an Andy Reid running back and he's the starter. Uh, Some good news, Jimmy GQ, the ultra handsome, uh, the, the very handsome Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to be good to go for camp. You got any Garoppolo shares, and how do you see this shaking out for the Niners? Not a single Jimmy Garoppolo share, but I think it should be good. You know, I mean, they got down to Nick Mullins last year, and they were doing okay. I mean, they they didn't win a ton of games, but they were they were they could move the ball. And you got to assume with Jimmy GQ, George Kittle's there, the running game's there. You know, they got they brought in Debo, another year of Pettis. I I think he'll succeed. I don't think I think the hype that was coming into last year before he got hurt was absurd. And that's just sort of what we do is we just hype up the new hotness. But I I think he's going to be good. And I think he will be around and dynasty relevant for a long time. I want so desperately to disagree with you, but I don't think I so much buy into Jimmy GQ as I buy into Shanahan. I mean, we saw Shanahan get games out of what was that guy's name? You just you just said it, the quarterback, Nick Mullins. Thank you, Nick Mullins. Uh, C.J. Bathod, you know, he, he got he got <laughs> games out of those dudes. So if he can get it out of those dudes, I am concerned. I mentioned this on one of our previous shows that Jimmy G has got like, 
I, I heard today that he's got like 330 some odd career pass attempts. That's in his entire career. He's only started 10 games and he's been injured twice. So I don't know how much I'm investing in him, but if I have Jimmy GQ, I'm doing nothing with him right now, especially yeah, in the Superflex. I'm waiting till the season starts. Let's get a couple of games under my belt, and then can I get a young upstart that you know I love like Sam Darnold plus? Because I think I can get Sam Darnold plus. Absolutely. I can sell you the handsomeness of Jimmy GQ. I can sell you the Kyle Shanahan. You can still sell on the hype from last year of Jimmy GQ. I I, I think you'll get so much more, but you can't go too deep into the season because I think Sam Darnold will start to produce. But anyway, we're we're talking too much about Jimmy GQ. And then Ronald Jones and the mysterious 13 pounds of muscle. Jerry, what, what do you take into account with Rojo in this sudden weight game. Yeah, I I saw a picture and he he looked he looked a little leaner, but that wasn't the problem. The problem is you don't catch the ball. The problem is you had what two yards of carry last year. That's that's the problem. Not that you needed to gain weight. I know you're not a Ronald Jones guy, and I am sort of holding out hope. I don't know. I might have a share or two across you know a dozen leagues, but. I, I'm not, you know, betting the house on him. He's my long shot horse that I'm just, I'm hoping he can hit for me. Man, take Ronald Jones and get the hell out of here. That's my new thing. Get the hell out of here. Get Ronald Jones the hell out of here. I like my wide receivers to gain weight. Like I, Dante Pettis, you know what a Dante Pettis I, a fan I am? If that dude put on 13 pounds, I'd be smiling. Ronald, I don't like my running backs putting on weight. He is a guy who doesn't pound the ball between the tackles as well as I think Peyton Barber does. Yeah, he's a plotter. Yeah, he's slow. But you know what? I think he's a better running back in the NFL. And the last two seasons have proven that to be true. Could Ronald Jones be good? I don't know. Maybe. But I, Is I, it I, more likely that a 2020 it, running back comes to town? I, it's, yes, it's, it is. Same thing. It is the exact same thing as Kansas City. No matter which one of these guys you have, no matter which one of these guys pop, I don't think that in 2020, either of these guys is going to be the guy. So I would much rather have Peyton Barber than Ronald Jones. And I'm happy to be wrong. I don't ever want it to come across that I'm rooting against one of these guys. If I'm wrong and Ronald Jones has a great 2019, I applaud him. Good for him. Good for doing the work. Good for making yourself successful. I was wrong. We admit where we're wrong every single week during the regular season. I have no problem. But at this point in time, middle of July... 2019, I want nothing to do with this. Again, I like my running backs to lose weight. I like my wide receivers to gain a little weight. Not Kelvin Benjamin weight. That's what we call a dirty bulk. But I will say he, he didn't look too shabby. Looked like he put on a lot of mass in the upper body. Good for him. But I, you just you can't rely on him. He's just not a pass catcher. I mean, that's why. Yeah. That's my, I don't care if he weighs 208 or 221 or whatever. That's less of a concern than the fact that he's not a very good pass catcher. And no, I think, and if if we want to talk about risky running backs, let's talk about this next guy. I know you're not a fan of this guy. Well, well thank you for uh, getting me back on track. Darius Geis is a maybe, a maybe to be maybe not eligible for the ready for the uh, start of training camp here in a, I guess about ten days ish, uh, and it's based on a hamstring injury that he allegedly suffered about three weeks ago. Now. This report came out last week on Roto World that he's likely to miss the start of camp, and then he came out and said that he knows his own body and you know don't believe all the noise. But he didn't also say, I'll be there on day one at camp either. Jerry, I'm going to let you take this one first. Darius Geis gives me an effing headache. 
Yeah, and you know I'm a Darius Geist guy. I have been a truther. I will probably always be a truther. But I, is it making me fade him this year? I was sort of hoping that he would be one of these guys in redraft that I would go after. I just can't really see that happening now. I really think it's going to be Adrian Peterson's team. And I think Chris Thompson will be doing a lot of the pass catching. And I think Darius Geis will be in there just to showcase some youth. They, I think where last year I really thought he was going to be the workhorse and he was going to take the load. I think now they realize they can't do that right now. He, he may still be that answer. I don't think he'll be, this will be an option for a 2020 running back. I do think they're still going to try and ride Darius Geis out because he's only 21. I think he just turned 21. Uh, within the last month or so 22 so i think he just yeah, turned 22 okay yeah still i mean he's uh, that's a senior in college uh so he, he's got time so i think he's going to have a shot eventually but i really don't think it's this year and i think that is going to deplete his value pretty quickly uh so if i have him now i am actually probably selling him randy uh, just because I think you're going to, if you want, if you truly trust the man, I guess you can hold on. But I, even if you do, I think I would try and buy him halfway through the season after you sold him in truth. Well, I, I look at Darius guys and I don't dislike Darius guys. I'm, I'm sitting here as you're chatting. I'm, I'm writing down my pros and cons of Darius guys. Let's, let's talk about pros. He's a badass. He's a legit badass. He came from a big time school. Uh, second round NFL draft capital, if I remember correctly, to mm-hmm. the, the Redskins. Uh, and outside of that, I don't have a lot of other pros. So, but let me tell you some cons. Okay, I've, I, I'm not going to call him a non-pass catcher. I have not seen him exhibit at this at this point in his career a strong pass catching profile. That's strike one for me. He is in a backfield with Adrian Peterson, who whether you like it or whether you don't. He's going to be involved this year. They brought in Bryce Love, who rushed for, I think, 2,100 yards in 2017 and should have came out in in that time. So Bryce Love's in the mix. Bryce Love did show some pass-catching chops his rookie, I mean, not his rookie, his freshman year. And then for whatever reason, they, they, they stopped that in Stanford. But you got Bryce Love there. You've got Adrian Peterson there. You do have the often injured Chris Thompson there. And Chris Thompson's a hell of a pass-catcher. You've got a coach. That drafted, or not, you know, he didn't wasn't solely involved in drafting Samaj P. Ryan, but they drafted they drafted Samaj P. Ryan, who was pretty highly touted if you remember in rookie drafts in 2017. I remember him going ahead of Kareem Hunt in a couple of, of rookie drafts. But the head coach and the GM, you know, what they did with Samaj P. Ryan, they threw him to the scrap heap. They brought in Adrian Peterson. They brought in Darius Geis. They still had. You seeing a trend here? So I'm not saying that Darius Geis can't overcome all of that. So let's say he overcomes all those narrative obstacles in his way. It's still a really bad offense that's really going to be behind a lot. There is no way in hell in redraft at his current ADP, I'm touching Darius Geis. You can't make me, even if you try, Jerry. So based on what I just said, how does that make you feel about Darius Geis? I don't hate it. Uh, I will not say anything bad about the pass catching just because we thought the same thing about Leonard Fournette, and then he got the opportunity, and he did okay with it. So I, I don't want to poo-poo on that too much because that's just what LSU does. They're just sort of frustrating in that aspect. 
Agree. Um, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I will. I will also say this. Much like Ronald Jones, and this is anybody. Again, I'll, it's worth reiterating. And I'll speak for Jerry on this. We don't root against players. And there's the occasional Turd Ferguson that you root against, but we don't. Devin root, Funches. Devin Funches. Fat Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah, I'd be lying. I'm rooting against. Well, I can't root against Devin Funches anymore. He's a cult. But we don't root against players. You know, we, we, I'm. Ha- I'm always going to use this term. I'm happy to be wrong about Darius Geis. If he comes out and has a banger 2019, I'm going to applaud him. And I'm, you know, continued success. Tip of the cap. That's all I can do. But he's not going to be at my on any of my rosters based on his current ADP and redraft and his current valuation and dynasty. So, Jerry, we've hammered through some news probably a little bit longer than we should have. But I want to talk about some dynamic duos. I want to talk about some, some wide receiver, pass-catching, dynamic duos i went through and ranked my top 10 you went through and ranked your top 10 and i i pulled together some consensus uh for the show so are you ready to talk about this uh this hot topic of dynamic duos absolutely all right so the consensus and this is the 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 number one we both agreed was our number one because when i'm looking at these i'm looking at three-year windows three to five year windows with quarterbacks sometimes with receivers but the number I typically look at is three years. So I, I, I kind of added it up in my brain. Where do I see this combination in three years? And then once I did that, I went through it and ranked them. So number one for both of us was Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Jerry, break it down. Uh, what do you want me to say? DeAndre Hopkins is probably the most talented wide receiver in the league. If not, he's great and he's still young. And Deshaun Watson is great and he's still young. That's an easy one for me. Uh, those guys are going to be in Houston. Those guys are going to be playing together. And those guys have never not shown you high-level productivity. It will take a little while for it to translate, but they're investing in the offensive line. They've invested in other pass-catching options around DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. They've got Kiki QT from last year's draft class. If Will Fuller can stay healthy for more than 45 minutes, that would be fantastic. still think Lamar Miller is a decent pass-catching option out of the backfield. They continue to experiment at the tight end position with Cahale Waring. They drafted him this year. Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins. They let uh, one of the Stevens go. Stephen Griffin, I believe was his name. They let him go. They continue to experiment with a tight end position, but Deshaun Watson's a bad, bad man. I don't think we. I think he had a great year last year, and I think he's just scratching the surface. Remember, he was coming back from an ACL last year, so easy to look at Hopkins and Watkins as our number one. Now, where we, uh, I, I guess, consensus, I had him a little bit differently than you, is Patrick Mahomes and. I had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You had Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill. And I put in you know, in the show sheet, I would have Mahomes and Hill number one if Tyreek Hill weren't an idiot. You know, Travis Kelsey's 30 years old. So, you know, Travis Kelsey's only four months younger than Gronk, who just retired. Now, he doesn't have the injury history of Gronk. Don't know how, how that's going to play out. But he's had some, some injuries of his own. So, again, based off the, the ambiguity of the Tyreek Hill situation, Travis Kelsey's age, a little bit of injury history. I love Patrick Mahomes. I have him just a skosh ahead of Deshaun Watson in uh, my dynasty rankings. 
but I had them there. And where did you have this dynamic duo? I had these guys at six. Now, that's not based on talent. That is based on Tyreek being a bozo. And I can't trust him. I would have them at two. I would still have them behind Watson and Hopkins. But they would be at two. Tyreek was not a dreadful human being. Um, so that's why I dropped them down. Just because some of these other you know, guys have been doing it for so long. That's why I put them up there. But Patrick Mahomes is my number one quarterback. And I, I it's not even really close, to be honest. Uh, Watson's there, but uh, I would have him far ahead. And then as far as Tyree goes, I mean, he's an awesome talent when he's on the field. So, yes, I had him at six, and it's no disrespect to these guys. It's just these other guys, you know, there's less less morons in between the two, and they're also supremely talented. So so my two, which you also had well, much well, later. Well, 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 hold on. We're going to get to those guys. We got don't want to give away the good stuff just yet because uh, I, wa- I want to stay in order because we will talk about those guys. But the, the, these next two tandems were tied. We were tied with Matt Ryan and Juju. I'm sorry, Matt Ryan and Julio, excuse me, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. The, I had Rodgers and Adams as my third best tandem, and you did not. Where did you have those guys? I have Aaron Rodgers and Adams at five, and... Uh, I don't know. At some point, I think a wide receiver two is going to emerge, and I think Devontae Adams will dip a little bit. And as Aaron Rodgers gets older, I think he will also dip a little bit. Um, so that's why I just had them at five. Uh, Matt Ryan and Julio, I really think they're going to be playing for, I think we easily have them three to five years. I I really don't see either of them going anywhere. That is a possibility with Aaron Rodgers. While Devontae Adams is like 27, I think, going to be 28 this year, I think. You know, he's, he's still got time, but Aaron Rodgers, who knows? Aaron Rodgers has tons of money. Aaron Rodgers has fame. Aaron Rodgers can go to Hollywood, get a role, and not worry about football a day in his life. So that, that question mark dropped him down to five for me. I had these guys at three based on a couple of things. Aaron Rodgers just signed that very lucrative deal, I believe, last year. Adams just signed his maybe a year, year and a half ago. And these guys are going to be locked together for the next three years. If I were looking at a five-year window, they would definitely be further down my list or you know, definitely behind your number two tandem, which we're going to get to. But yeah, and then I'm going to move the other one, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, same thing. Both Matt Ryan and Aaron Jones are approximately 34, 35, somewhere in that neighborhood. So if Aaron Rodgers just makes it to 38, which I believe is the age of Big Ben currently as we speak, that, that's not far-fetched to think that he makes it three more years. So that's why I had him so high. Matt Ryan and Julio, I mean, the Falcons are getting ready to extend Julio. I think you've got two peak wide receiver one type seasons left in that guy, and then he'll fade. And God forbid they do to him what the Cardinals did with Larry Fitzgerald and move him around and move him to the slot. So you could even get more years out of Julio. And then Matt Ryan, I don't want to say he's so underrated because I saw where he was going in drafts like the Scott Fish Bowl and Superflex drafts, but uh, just kind of a quiet producing son of a bitch what i miss on matt ryan and julio <laughs> nothing i don't think i could have said it any better than that he he like i said i don't want to say he's underrated like you do but he doesn't get the love he is not the sexy quarterback of the nfl but he just keeps on producing every single year He he's one of those boring guys we'll get to some of the other boring guys in a minute because aaron Rodgers got some sizzle Patrick Mahomes got a lot of sizzle. Watson, lots of sizzle. 
But again, guys like you know Matt Ryan, we'll talk about Andrew Luck here in a minute. Drew Brees, zero sizzle. 0.0 on the sizzle meter. Let's talk about number five. This is the team you wanted to jump the gun on. This is the dynamic duo that has your, your, your panties very moist. And that's Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. They were number seven for me. Uh, and I'll let you go first because you had them a little bit higher. Yeah, I have them at two. I am more excited to hear about how you have them at seven. I... Baker Mayfield's 23 years old. OBJ's like 27. Those guys are going to be together. OBJ was great with a struggling Eli. Eli has been okay with Odell Beckham, and without him, he has his numbers are drastically different. Like you can literally see with the splits how different it is without OBJ. And OBJ still was getting 1,400 yards with a subpar quarterback like Eli. Not that I think Baker Mayfield is this fantastic quarterback, as all listeners will know, but he is good, and he's young, and he's going to grow with him. And even and Baker, you want to talk about sizzle? Let's talk about sizzle. Baker Mayfield has all the sizzle a state can handle, and at some point, that dude is going to just unload to Odell Beckham. And the first time it happens in a game and he catches a 65-yard pass, I just want to see him running down the sidelines into the end zone to OBJ. Hey, that is only going to create more momentum and make that want to happen more and more and more. I love this matchup for the future. These are a dynamic duo. They could be bona fide number one dynamic duos for five, six years. Oh, easy. Abs- absolutely. So so here's, here's my trepidation with these two. I'll start with Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham has missed roughly one-fourth of his career games. You know, you can't make the club in the tub as the old expression goes. And I didn't, I didn't have, of, I, I know Julio is always on the, the questionable. You know, he's questionable like every week, but he plays every week. All the guys that I'm, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think missed a game. And I think he did miss the last game of the year, or part of it or something. But man, durability matters to me. I love Odell Beckham. You're right. He could be, you know, get his uh, health issues behind him and, and be a legit badass. Baker? You know what? I'm not a Baker hater. I'm being very honest. I put Baker ahead of some guys that I, I'm really fond of. But here's my thing about Baker. Last year, he was 20th in standard quarterback. That's, you know, one point per 25 yards passing and four points for a passing touchdown. He was 20th in points per game with 16.9. 20th. Now, I think me taking that guy who finished 20th all the way up to number seven, I think that's a, I think that's a hell of a, uh, of a bump, in my opinion. I can't take him all the way to two, even with the addition of Odell Beckham. I like this pairing. I had him at seven. We'll talk about some of the tandems I had him, uh, had him ahead of later. But let's go down to the Big Easy. Uh, our, cons- our, uh, our joint rankings had Breeze and Michael Thomas at six. I will jump into this one. This is more about Breeze's age. This very well could be his last year. If, if this was Bree, a 35-year-old Breeze, this could have been arguably two or three. I, I would have argued for that, but I don't think Breeze is going to be here next year. I mean, he's like 40, and he did not look good down the stretch last year. From that Dallas Cowboys game on, Breeze was very, very un-Breeze-like. And hey, Father Time is undefeated. I do like the fact that this team added Jared Cook. I think Traquan Smith will take a step. Uh, which will only help the performance of both Breeze and Michael Thomas. But for those reasons, I had this tandem at eight. You had him a little bit higher. 
I had him at four, and for all those reasons that you just said, with the addition of Jared Cook, I am assuming Traquan takes a step. Um, and they have young pieces like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I think their window to win is longer than that, and I really think Drew Brees wants a second Super Bowl. I th- He seems like a guy that doesn't care about, you know, I mean, he gave a football to everyone he threw a touchdown to when he broke the record. That's awesome. Like, he doesn't care about those by himself. This dude wants to win. And I really think he wants to, and that's the one thing that he's going to keep playing for. And while he has the opportunity, so I, I don't think Drew. This is the last year we see Drew Brees. So why I I he easily could if they struggle this year, or maybe you know, God forbid he gets hurt, then then yes, this could be the end of Drew Brees. But I am of the belief that the young core. I think Sean Payton still wants to win. I think they love playing together. Uh, so I, I think they're going to take this shot as long as they can ride it out. I hope you're right. Cause the, the NFL is better with guys like Drew Brees with guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and the next guy on, on my list, even though he's a, he's also a bit of a turd off the field. He's kind of turned that turd image around and our number seven ranked team here in the dynasty war zone is big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger and Juju. Now I was much higher on this tandem than you were. Again, I think Ben's going to, even though he's a little bit older, I think he's 37, 38 years old. I think he plays another two to three years. Uh, And obviously, I love Juju. Just acquired my first share via trade. I think we'll cover that on the Patreon edition this Friday. But I I love this. I think Ben's going to play two, three more years. Uh, I think he really wants to stick it in the ass of guys like Antonio Brown, like Le'Veon Bell, and like Cleveland. You think Big Ben likes hearing that Cleveland's the favorite to win the AFC North? No. I bet he actually does because he's going to use I, I, that I, to his advantage. It, it, it's it's fueling the fire, and I said this in, in, in a different context, but I think a quiet Steelers are a dangerous Steelers. So I, I, I love Ben and Juju. This is I, My ranking of four was more about Juju and less about Ben. I just couldn't take him ahead of Rodgers, Adams, Mahomes, and Hill slash Kelsey or Watson and Hopkins. But I really, really, really like Juju. And I think Ben's good enough. So, uh, but you had him, you had him considerably lower. I did. I had him at ten. But like, I have Ju- Juju's probably my wide receiver too in Dynasty. He's young. He's good. He's awesome. The problem that I have that just makes them riskier. That's the only reason they're down there. Not based on talent. That's absolutely asinine to believe that. I do think Ben Roethlisberger. I think as long as Ben Roethlisberger is playing in 2019, it is going to be the fu tour for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, my problem is, is if they struggle to win. Now you lost Le'Veon Bell, who is good. You, James Conner's there. Don't get me wrong. You lost Antonio Brown, who has been the most dominant wide receiver since Calvin Johnson was out of the league. You know, that that's losing a lot. Uh, while they have quality replacements, it's tough to replace everything. You know, those, those guys that they are now, you know, throwing into the wolves now were all twos. And you had, you know, you had quality ones and twos across the board. Now it's just these guys. So I think if they struggle, I think Ben might be done. You know, he's been threatening. He threatens it every year. I. So I, that's just my thing with Ben. I'm just worried that if they struggle and if Cleveland really is the dominant team, I think he might realize the torch is passed and he doesn't want to, you know, get smacked around by the Browns and he'll call it quits and take his money and enjoy it. Hopefully not ride any motorcycles. You said a lot there. I just find it odd that you're, you're more concerned about big Ben hanging it up than 
than Drew Brees. But we'll, we'll have that conversation later on in the season. This this next tandem, I call the boring and the and the disrespected, and that's Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. I had them at six uh, in, in my personal rankings. I'll let you drop your ranking in just a second, but they come in at se- they come in at eight. Excuse me for the show combined. Obviously, Andrew Luck's a beast. He's top three for me in Dynasty, and he's my number two in redraft this year. I have Watson, Luck, Mahomes. I think Mahomes takes a bit of a step back, not having Hill all year and not having Kareem Hunt. But I love Andrew Luck. I've used this stat before, but when that dude plays 15 or more games, you're getting a top five fantasy quarterback. And then T.Y. Hilton, all the guy does is show up and play football. He's a baller. He's, uh, he's kind of got some of that LaShawn McCoy to him. Like, there'll be a couple of times a game where he's slow getting up off the turf, but he's coming back in. Uh, I, I Really hard to put him. I, I'm hoping that at some point the Colts get an alpha receiver. But you know what? T.Y. is as alpha as they can get for a guy who's like 5'9", a buck 80. So I had him at eight. I had him at 6. Where did you have this uh, this tag team? I had him at 9, but I'm looking at my list right now. And I, I think I should have had him higher. I think I probably should have had him at seven or eight. Andrew Luck is awesome. I love Andrew Luck. Uh, and T.Y. Hilton, for that matter. So it, for all the reasons you just said, you know, I, I think I was wrong in having him at nine. I think I should put him at seven. So I think we're about the same on these two. You know, T.Y. Oh, T. Hilton, God bless him. He just puts up wide receiver one seasons with, with when Andrew Luck is there. Now, in fairness to... To other receivers, he does get a big benefit in his production from Andrew Luck. But Andrew Luck's there. He's the wide receiver one that you can get at like wide receiver two-ish prices in Dynasty. I just got him this offseason um, in, in, in a trade, so I, in a league I'm looking to compete. So big, obviously, Colts fans being here in Indianapolis. This next one might surprise you a little bit, but Dak and Amari Cooper. Uh, we were both pretty close on, on these guys. I had these guys as my 10th best combination. You had him a little bit higher. Uh, for me, this is really more about Dak than, than it is about Amari Cooper. All Dak's done has been in the league three years and been a quarterback one all three years. He buoys the fact that Amari Cooper has never finished as a wide receiver one. I think his best career finish is as a wide receiver 14 in one of those first two years when he had Michael Crabtree and Derek Carr was playing like an actual NFL quarterback. Do I think this duo could ascend? You bet your ass because I I do believe in Dak, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I think Amari can do it. We've seen Amari do it to the tune of like 47 points against the Eagles, but can he do it consistently? That's why I have them 10th overall. Jerry, you had him just a skosh higher. Yeah, I had him at 8, but if I move Andrew Luck ahead of him, I would have him right around there too. Exactly like you said it. Amari has the talent. You just have to see it week in and week out, and we just we haven't. We all wanted him to be a bona fide top five dynasty guy, and that's what we thought he was going to be, and he, he just hasn't. He's still good. And Dak Prescott, he's sort of disrespected for you know, just like you said, but he's been a QB one every single year. I, I am all on the Dak Prescott train. He will probably be my quarterback in most of my redraft leagues this year. A hundred percent. He was always a, he actually helped my Scott Fishbowl team last year. I took him as my QB three and there were a lot of weeks because I took him as my QB three because I had drafted luck as my QB one last year. Not, you know, a hundred percent sure how the shoulder was going to go. And Dak did great in, in that format. Just from I can't really speak from a real NFL quarterback perspective. I, I think his teammates love him. He's tougher than an old boot. I guess he's like beat up every single week, 
but always shows up and plays, always shows up to practice. I like that about him, but uh, this is more about Amari. And then our final one was a split vote, so we'll talk about both. Uh, I voted for DJ Moore and Cam Newton. You voted for Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs. Uh, I will start for the reasons why I didn't vote uh, Diggs is because I couldn't decide if it was Diggs or Thielen. So if I couldn't think, you know, who was the, I mean, I guess you could stack both for Dynasty would be fine. Uh, but I love, you know, my love for DJ Moore is real. If you want all the stats that I can't remember off the top of my head as to why to love DJ Moore, go check out our boy Travis May or his uh, podcast co-host, Curtis Patrick. They got all kinds of cool stats on why you should love DJ Moore. And then Cam Newton. Cam Newton's shoulder's fine. Going to be throwing in camp. Cam Newton does it with his legs. I'm, and this is strictly from a dynasty and a fantasy perspective. There are other stacks that I would rather have in the real NFL. But I'm merely talking from your, your fantasy redraft or dynasty league. Give me Cam and DJ Moore. Talk to us a little bit, Jerry, about uh, Kirk and Diggs. I like Kirk Cousins more than I like Cam Newton, and I like Stephon Diggs more than I like DJ Moore. That is why I had them ahead. I think Kirk Cousins is going to continue to grow in Minnesota. If there's one thing that that man does, it is drive to win football games. Yes, he has lost in some astounding ways in primetime games. I saw it at Michigan State. You see it in the NFL. But this is a dude that was a three-star, ends up going against a five-star that transferred from Oklahoma at Michigan State, beats him out, ends up winning the Big Ten Championship. The the Redskins draft RG3 with the second overall pick. They take him in the fourth round. He beats him out and then ends up becoming a free agent, the most expensive free agent quarterback since Drew Brees 15 years before that. This is the dude that every time he is knocked down, he gets up on the horse, lowers his shoulder, and plows through every brick wall. I really think Kirk Cousins is going to be in this league for a long time. And People can hate that all they want. My problem more with this tandem is Stefan Diggs. He's another one of these Amari Cooper guys that we all want to love and think he's an elite talent and just hasn't produced like that. Like you said about Thielen, if I knew Thielen was going to play in this league for four more years, it, they would be much higher up my list. I, I just don't think Stefan Diggs you know, can, can reach the level that Thielen is at currently. I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I think Diggs is a lot more talented than Thielen. I think my, my biggest concern with Diggs is injury. You know, he's, he's a soft tissue injury guy, misses a game or three a year, whether he needs to or not. That's my only knock on him. I did have him on my honorable mentions. And speaking of honorable mentions, let, let's talk about uh, a couple that we both agreed on. I, I think what hurt Cooper, not Cooper Cup, uh, Jared Goff, is that we were split on who is, you know, stackable teammate yeah. was you, you had brandon cooks which i have no problem with that and i had cooper cup because i just which think i that, have no problem with that which i i think they're and i think we're both being a little unfair to bob woods who's also there so i think we both really like cooper cup and i think it really comes down to this stack you could stack any of the three of them and be doing great if you had a, a golf and cup a golf and cooks a golf and Woods stack i don't think you're hurting at all no, absolutely not. And, and, it, it, Jared Jared Goff in that offense is going to be potent. Every single year. I mean, I, I, he's a West Coast team, plays in great weather. Uh, he's got a dome team in the division out there in Arizona, another California team in San Francisco. Yeah, the weather can get a little wonky in 
Seattle sometimes, but he's going to be playing in more, you know, good weather games, an offensive-minded coach, great weapons around him. Man, I, I, I do like him. And then the other one was Russell Wilson, and I had Tyler Lockett, and you, you had DK Metcalf. I did have DK Metcalf. Jerry, get the hell much, out of here. How much, how much shit have you heard me give about DK Metcalf this offseason? I just think he's a perfect fit for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson starts scrambling around, and you need a big, fast guy to run down the field and make a jump ball catch. Guess who's good at that? DK Metcalf. Or you've got a guy that's way downfield, and he starts scrambling around and needs a first down, and he needs a guy to come back. DK Metcalf. That's what he does. He doesn't. He doesn't run any complex routes. He runs straight, really fast. He's big. He's tall. He's fast. He can catch it, and he tricks defenders into thinking he's just going to run this way, and then stops and turns the other way. That that is his route tree, and that works perfectly for Russell Wilson. I think that could be a good duo. Ah, DK Metcalf, the only guy who runs a route with 14 steps when 10 will do. <laughs> All right, and then, then I will throw in your honorable honorable mention that I didn't, and then I'll throw in mine that you didn't mention, and I will start with yours. You had in Stafford and Galladay. I just think Stafford's going to be the guy for a little bit in Detroit. Uh, there, There's rumblings that you know the fans and the organization doesn't love him. I think that's overblown, and I think Kenny Galladay is a great talent. He's he's a little on the older side, but I think they're going to grow pretty well. Uh, and I'm a Lions fan, so you guys can all piss off. Of course I'm putting them in there. I I couldn't do it. I do like Kenny Galladay. I do like Matthew Stafford, and I'm liking him less as a dynasty option, but I will always like him as a dude. He might be my favorite dude in the NFL now that Gronk retired. If there was one current NFL player that I could hang out with for a given given evening, uh, especially as a fellow married guy, it would be Matthew Stafford. He just seems like a cool dude. He's a bro, Jerry. Matthew, he is absolutely a bro. Hat backwards, bro. Uh, but I, I couldn't bring him to make my honorable mentions list. Mine was Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. There's no way in hell I'm going Zach Ertz, I'm sorry, uh, Wentz and Alshon or Wentz and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, or Deshaun Jackson. And I like Wentz, but again, when I'm talking about these three-year windows, I, I, I don't know that, Wentz, that that Ertz is there in three years. I know I know Wentz is. he got that big old contract. He's doing quite well. So a, a little too much ambiguity in the situation. I love Wentz. Wentz is a top five, six dynasty QB for me, but his his stackable options really – weren't that appealing to me to, to make it higher up the list. So uh, anything else, any other uh, stacks that you want to throw out there quickly before we take this one home? Yeah, I got one more, and I want you to talk about uh, another one that you've got here too. So as far as Wentz, that's where I was too. You know, I actually wrote down Wentz, and then I thought about who I was going to match him with, and it was, uh, okay, I can't do that. Uh, but my, my guy was Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. little crazy little risky, but sometimes you got to take that long shot horse because they can pay off. Derek Carr has shown that he can be good in this league. Now, did he do it with Amari Cooper? <laughs> Certainly not all the time. Antonio Brown is a different sort of talent. He can get open in any situation, it no matter the play call, because he can creatively get open in a way that he sees. He can adapt to every single situation, and I think that'll help Derek Carr out greatly. So I put him in there just because I really think he could take a step and he could be 
one of these sneaky guys that we all thought was going to get replaced and be done. And then in 2022, we're looking and Derek Carr is a QB one. I don't hate Derek Carr. I actually had Derek Carr, but you know, I got a great segue to my guy and mine is Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. And I actually have one of these stacks in the ultimate uh, dynasty podcasters league with our boys, Tyler Gunther, Travis May, uh, Rich from the Dynasty Nerds, etc. I actually have this stack, and I traded for this stack. I think Sam Darnold is the goods. I love the fact that he's got an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, they brought in, they they traded for a tackle from the Raiders, and I couldn't pronounce it if I tried. I think it's Kalichi something or another. Uh, good luck pronouncing that because uh, I can. Uh, they brought in Jamison Crowder. They obviously brought in Le'Veon Bell. I think we're all expecting my man Robbie Anderson to take a step, who, by the way, didn't act like a complete jackass this offseason. The only off-the-field stuff I saw about Robbie Anderson, he bought his mom a new Mercedes. What a nice boy Robbie Anderson is. So I, I will lean toward the youth of Sam and Robbie because here's the deal. I love Antonio Brown. Mr. Big Chest, Mr. Big Checks, Mr. Blonde Mustache, Mr. Get the Hell Out of Here. I, I, I think it's a cash grab in three years. I believe he'll be 33, 34. And, and this guy could easily, in the shape he keeps himself in, he could easily have that Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Rice type, you know, career arc and play well into his mid to late 30s. Absolutely. The concern there is Derek Carr. I think this is the put up or shut up year. I know the Raiders have a bunch more picks next year, and they may package up some of those picks and uh, on top of being bad and can go up and get a Tua, a Fromm, or a Herbert. So this is this is make or break year for a guy like Derek Carr. So that, I, I agree that, fully. That that, that that was my reason for not having him as, as an honorable mention. You know what? Let us know yours. Reach out to Jerry or I on uh, on Twitter. You can reach out to the show at Dynasty Warzone. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. There, I posted my Scott Fishbowl team completed on our Instagram handle. And please, uh, I, I said last week that I would give away something cool if we got to 80 five-star reviews on iTunes by the end of the month. So cool story. I work for a sporting goods company. Here in Indianapolis, one of my assistants went to the Eric Ebron skills camp. She got me a nice 11 by 18 Eric Ebron autographed picture. So we will give, if we get 80, we'll pick one winner at random. They will get the Eric Ebron autograph picture and... A what? What is the new thing we're doing at the Dynasty Football Factory? The uh, the season pass is that the right term? Yep. We're going to give away a season pass, and that's not a comp because we're members of the DynastyFootballFactory.com. No, our boys that write and rank and do all that stuff over there, we're not asking them to give us to give you a, a freebie. We're going to pay for it. We're going to give you the autograph. So we'll do both. We got to get to eighty. Uh, we got three last week. I think we need twelve more, Jerry. We can do that. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. So I, just good to have the man of the hour back, uh, doing a little dynamic duo. This is this is my Batman. I'm Robin in this outfit. And He's lying. We, we are looking forward to having you back next week. We'll get a guest on. We'll do some fun things. And if you want to hear about my Juju Smith-Schuster trade, if you want to hear about my Sam Darnold trade, join over at Patreon. As little as a buck a month gets you four extra podcasts, and the, the group chat and a lot of other stuff. Lots of uh, smiley, laughy face emojis in that group chat, Jerry. 
Yes, and I'm going to be one of them soon. Also, if you want to join and be a patron, I'm doing my first ever college football fantasy draft. Woo! Uh, so I will be talking about it in the Patreon. If you are curious about any of those comings and goings, how to do one, how it's going, I will be in there spilling the beans. Spilling the beans. And so, um, and remember, in the month of July, anything that you donate by joining up over at Patreon... We're donating to FantasyCares.net, the charity behind the Scott Fish Bowl. So, listen, on behalf of Jerry, I'm Memphis. We'll catch you next week. And remember, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. See ya.